Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Sports Radio 1019 FM, The Fan, WFAN, New York. 1024 here on this Friday evening, it's JJ Johnson-Stremski. We're keeping you company right here on the fans. So the Yankees bring back Brett Gardner. Now it looks like, at least for now, the roster is set for the start of the 2021 season. And don't expect that to be the roster over the course of 162 games. I think this guy who's coming in knows that better than anybody. He's been covering baseball for a long time. He's one of the best in the business, to quote the great Larry in Florida. NJ.com, Star Ledger, all things Yankees, baseball, the great Bob Clappish. What's happening, Clapp? How you doing, man? Did we lose Clapp? Let's try that again. Clapp, you got me? Uh, I can hear you. Can you hear me? I got you now. How you doing, my friend? What's happening? I'm it's good hearing great. your voice. I'm doing great. I was saying thank you for that nice buildup. Appreciate it. Hey, listen, that buildup that some maybe were wondering if it got lost at sea. Thankfully, it did not. So, you know, Clapp, I'm going to start here. There is a seminar Yankee fans that irrationally hates Brett Gardner. And I, for the life of me, cannot understand why. And I know the idea of wanting a guy like Quinn Frazier to play every day. I get that. He's emerging. He's talented. He's the shiny new toy. But for a guy who's been a Yankee for a decade, who's a glue guy, who plays hard every single game, he's a terrific outfielder and he's left-handed. I can't believe the amount of Yankee fans who I'm fine with who are trying to tell me this isn't a good move bringing this guy back. I, uh, I, I'm with you. I, I think it's a good move for reasons that extend beyond his performance on the field. It's the kind of person he is. And I'll tell you something. With, until Gardner was re-signed today, the only member of this current Yankee roster that had played in the World Series was the oldest Chapman. I mean, there's nobody left from the old generation. There was C.C. Sabathia and Gardner. <clears throat> Excuse me, and that was it. You have to have somebody who has that 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 championship pedigree, even if he's not a superstar. Somebody you need somebody like that as a link to the past of what this what the Yankees used to represent uh, and to provide that leadership. 
And Gardner does just that. I mean, there's there's something about him that is greater than the sum of his parts. It, it's his it's his uh, personality. It's his intensity. It's the way he goes about his business. It's the way he maximizes his talent. He's not the most talented player in the big leagues. He's not the most talented player in New York. He's not even close to being the best player in the Yankees. But there's something about him that inspires others around him, especially younger players. And there's value in that. I mean, and you know, maybe not 20 million, maybe not 10 million a year, but there's value in that. And I think the Yankees recognize it. And honestly, and I thought all along he was going to end up with this team. I, I thought he was coming back. It was just a question of, you know, haggling over the numbers a little bit. But he belongs on the 2021 Yankees. He's got one more year left, and it, it should be in pinstripes. I don't disagree. Now, Clap, last time we had a conversation was right before the start of the offseason. And we were trying creatively to figure out ways how this team could get better. For the most part, it looks like the Yankees are running it back with a very similar team. I mean, it's the exact same team on offense. They swap out Masahiro Tanaka for Corey Kluber and Jamison Tyon. I'd make the argument they're better in the bullpen by shipping off Adovino, who couldn't get it done in big spots. They add Justin Wilson and the very underrated Darren O'Day, who I've always liked from his Oriole days, Ranger days, always befuddled Alex Rodriguez. Guy couldn't touch him. But as a whole, do you get the sense the 2021 Yankees are better than the team we saw against the Tampa Bay Rays last year? Well, they could be. I mean, they have several question marks that have to be answered in the affirmative. But if you say yes to to, you know, can Stanton and Judge play 140 games each, uh, then they are really a lot better. And if Kluber and Tyone are healthy, then I think they've upgraded over, excuse me, then they've upgraded over Tanaka. And if Severino comes back, you know, refurbished with his, with his brand new elbow, then that's great. If Herman proves that he can be, he's mature enough to pitch in the arc if he's got his head on straight after a year out of the game, then that's a huge upgrade. I mean, there's possibilities of upgrades everywhere. This team could be great. But who knows if, if Stanton and Judge can stay healthy. I mean, they, they haven't so far, not for any sustained period of time. <clears throat> and who knows about Kluber? I mean, Kluber, you know, if he's back to what he was in 2018, you have a huge, huge one-two punch between him and Cole. And then you throw in Severino in the mix. Tyone has a, a huge upside. It could be a killer rotation. But it's just too early to know. I mean, Cashman did not have the luxury of uh, of an open-ended budget. No question how Steinbrenner closed a spigot, or at least tightened the spigot on him for the first time in recent memory. And I think I think Cashman was creative, and he took some bold gambles. If it works out, then I think you're talking about a Yankee team that gets to the World Series. If not, uh, watch out for the Blue Jays, watch out for the White Sox. It'll be competitive. But look, I, I don't think that that's going to end up being the case. I do think the Yankees are good enough to win the pennant. I really do. Clap, they got to get to the World Series this year. I mean, listen, they've been knocking at the door the last four or five years. You tell me they lose to the Dodgers, I can live with it. You even tell me they lose to the Padres or the Braves, so be it. This is a failure if they don't get to the World Series. Look around the American League. I mean, the White Sox are good. The Blue Jays are improved. Tampa got worse. The Astros got worse. This team's got to get to the World Series. They do. I mean, just in terms of you know, the power of talent, I think the Yankees are better than every team you mentioned, and, and potentially, you know, a ninety-five to ninety-eight win team. So that should that should win them the pennant and should get them to that that killer matchup that I think everybody wants to see. You know, Yankees Dodgers, 
it's a real throwback showdown, uh, two legacy teams. And, you know, what kind of ratings would that be? But, I mean, in, just in terms of where the franchise is headed, I mean, they had been growing and ascending since 2017. This was this core was supposed to have won a championship by now, and every year they were creeping a little bit closer until last year. And last year was the first time they took a step back, and it really did affect this team in a very profound way. Uh, specifically, I'm talking about Hal Steinbrenner. I mean, he sees that the Rays were better than the Yankees, and they, and they were better throughout the regular season. They were better in the playoffs, beat them. With the season on the line, with everything on the line in Game 5, they beat him, even though the Yankees had Cole on the mound, which was a great game. And the Rays still won that game. And they did it with a third of the Yankees' payroll. And that's when Hal Steinbrenner said, what am I What am I paying all this money for? Why am I spending $210, $220 a year when it can be done with 60 or $70 million if you spend the money wisely? I'm not going to write a blank check anymore. Because I was told, and this is Harold thinking, I was told, all I needed was Garrett Cole. All I had to do was write a $324 million check and, you know, we'd have a parade on the Canyon of Heroes. Well, it didn't happen. And, you know, when it was time to look for more free agents, when the idea was floated, we going after maybe Trevor Bauer, you know, pay, pay DJ whatever he wanted. I mean, that's when Hal Summer said, no, no, let's, let's, let's rethink this. So I agree with you that, that last year had an effect on this team financially in terms of their self-esteem, their self-image. They have to start moving forward again because, believe it or not, the window is closing on this group. I mean, it, it's, this, this core is not going to stay young forever. They're not going to stay together forever. If they're ever going to win, it's this year. It's 2021. Bob, I think they have to get to a World Series, and I'm okay with them running the same team back. I, I really am. Now, I wanted them maybe to go and get a lefty bat or two. That didn't work out. I heard the rationale from Brian Cashman. He mentioned Luke Voigt. He said, look, I'm going to go get a lefty first baseman who's not as good as the player I have. I'm not going to do that. I understand that thought process. I really do. But if we're sitting here again next year, and this is the exact same team, and it's the exact same problems, and they're falling short again, then sooner or later, Clap, someone's got to give with the roster. That's when there has to be significant change. I agree. I mean, it, and, and who knows? Maybe maybe that new configuration means a new manager, or maybe somebody has to take a close look at the at the formula Cashman's been using. I don't know. I would think if they don't win again, you not in New York, you can't forever say that, you know, well, it was just bad breaks and, you know, we're putting together a team that's good enough for the postseason and, uh, you know, anything is possible and we just haven't been lucky yet. I mean, you can sell that in a smaller market, but you can't sell that in New York indefinitely. And, and sooner or later, you have to win. And 12 years is a long time in New York, certainly with social media now. 12 years is like an eternity on Twitter. So, yeah, now's the time. And it's the first time I've sent of this group, it's really the first time I've sent the Yankees in general, that there's this growing impatience, not just from the fans, but in the front office, that, hey, where's this money going? Let, let's see a return on investment. Now, nobody's job is in jeopardy. They, you know, Steinbrenner and Randy Levine, they love, they, they, they love Boone. They love Cashman. Nobody's on the hot seat. But it is time to win. And and it's the first time I felt that the temperature had risen just a little bit. The impatience is now a little bit more palpable than it was a year ago, two years ago. They really, really need to win it this year. And, you know, the door is open. The league has gotten a little bit worse all around them. Their chief rivals, the Rays, are worse. I just don't see anybody challenging the Yankees. If all those questions that I raised before are answered, the affirmative, the Yankees should get to the World Series. They should win the pennant this year. 
Bob Clappish, NJ.com, Star Ledger, breaking down some Yankee baseball as we move closer and closer to opening day. Clapp, I can't wait to see how this saga plays out with Gary Sanchez. Now, I supported the Yankees bringing him back. I said give it one last roll of the dice. If he's right, despite his shortcomings, he's a guy who can be a difference maker at a position where you don't get a whole lot of offense, but you know it's going to be an extremely short leash. You know everyone is going to be watching him under a microscope. And I think it's fair to say he's not going to be catching Garrett Cole right out of the gate, whether that's Higgy, whether that's Chirinos. One of those guys is going to catch Garrett Cole. What's your take on Sanchez this year? You think there's any way he salvages his Yankee career? Or do you see it as a total loss cost? No, no, I think he's going to hit. I actually think that he's going to come back and, and be a decent hitter again. You know, he's worked so hard, not just, you know, he's, he's physically he's in really good shape. He looks like he's, he's done his work in the gym and he's done, you know, some interesting, um, I wouldn't, I don't know if it's yoga or Pilates or prime metrics. I mean, he's done things now to, to gain flexibility and strength within the core. It's not just your conventional weightlifting or special dieting that he's done. I mean, he's definitely strong and leaner. But he was really, really out of shape in in the small, fast-twitch muscles, which, you know, at, you reach a certain age and, and they start to regress. And I think Gary was at that point where he couldn't generate back speed. He was slow and stiff in the hips and the trunk, and he just couldn't get around on fastballs anymore. Um, so I do think he's going to regain some of that offensive explosiveness. There's no, no doubt in my mind that talent is still there. The question is, can he catch? I mean, what, is he going to continue to be a liability behind the plate? He's got a strong arm, but he's otherwise uh, a detriment, and he just doesn't move well behind the plate. He's not quick. He's not uh, adaptive. He's not creative. I mean, all those things that great catchers have seem to be lacking in Gary. Now, he used to have it sort of a little bit, but that's gone now. So I just don't know if that offense, which I think is going to come back, is going to negate what I still think is a liability behind the plate. Now, the Yankees are going to give him every opportunity to succeed. They want him to be the front-line starter. They want him to be successful. They want him to catch call. It's not like they're looking for a reason to dump him or put him on the bench because Gary's still more talented than Higashiori, and he's more talented than Trina. Those guys are just backup plans. They're plan B and plan C. But it remains to be seen, you know, what's left. And I think Gary will get all of spring training, and he'll get all of April, and he'll get all of May to work out those kinks. And then we'll see where we are on June 1st. Now, they won't go all, all year with him to be strong. If he's hitting 180, you know, on Memorial Day, then forget it. The experiment's over. You know, then you go on to plan B and plan C, and you, you admit it was a failure. But he's got a, he's got enough of a leash for I, I think he's going to be all right. I think it's going to work out. You know, Zach Britton had some very interesting comments about Domingo Herman coming back. And they were candid. Yeah. They were honest. Yeah. They were refreshing. Quap, you spent a lot of time in baseball clubhouses. You think that could be a problem for the Yankees coming up next oh, couple there, weeks? Yeah, yeah there's no pr- question that's a problem. You have to remember one thing about Zach Britton. He's the Yankees' union rep. He's in that room to advocate for his teammates. That's his job. And union guys don't throw teammates under the, be- the bus unless there's something very, very wrong. And I don't think Britton was speaking just for himself. And I say that because he is the union rep. He has the pulse of the team. That's what he's supposed to do. So when he says that, you know, he strongly disapproves of what Herman did. There's 24 other guys. There's 20 other, 24 or 25 other voices there backing him up. Herman has a problem with his teammates who, who have, 
had a problem with him and what he did. As sooner or later, Fumon wants to be accepted back in that room. He has got to stand in the middle of the clubhouse and apologize and say, this will never happen again, and you can trust me. Uh, I, I, I am worthy of your faith. Um, because right now they don't have it. They don't, they don't take this guy seriously. They think that he's a, you know, he's a, you know what? He's a, he's, that he's just somebody who's throwing his career away. He doesn't know how to behave, doesn't know how to treat women, doesn't know how to handle himself off the field. And that's not what you want from a professional athlete. That's not what you want from a teammate. And until he addresses this issue head on, face to face with his teammates, I think he's going to have a real struggle to be, to integrate back with this team. And we talked about it with Aaron Boone today. And Boone said, yeah, I, this is a serious issue, and I'm on it. I'm watching it closely. And Boone never is that candid. He never admits that there's a problem, a growing problem, you know, on his watch. But he did so today. So I'm, it's something we're all going to have to pay close attention to because, to me, Britain's comments were a real red flag. Powerful stuff. Clap before we let you go. This is a spring training unlike any other. And I saw you tweet about this and write about this a few days ago. And I hope and I pray that we are not headed in this direction because, listen, the relationships you form, you guys and gals who are on the beat, covering games, columnists, you name it, that access you get with players in the clubhouse is special stuff. And it provides fans this great insight, this great outlook to what goes on in the game. Clap, I really hope we're not trending in the direction once everything gets straightened out with COVID where, you know, they're presidential briefings and you don't get that same sort of access. And I know the teams would probably prefer it. Maybe some of the players would prefer it. But I don't think it's a good thing for baseball. I really don't. Oh, believe me. We could talk, you know, for an hour about this. But the job that I started doing way back when, when I was a young reporter covering the Mets, it is not the job I'm doing now. It's, 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 it's like a, a lost civilization. It's so different now. And so Clap, the play, is it because the players are a lot different, a lot more guarded? Does that play a role? Well, that part, that was part of it. I mean, things will never be the way they were in the eighties. I mean, life was completely different for all of us in this country back in the eighties. And it all started changing in the nineties, but the job itself, the players themselves started drifting away from the press, you know, the advent of social media really made things difficult. And then the pandemic, you know, you know, it's not just not the players' fault that we're not in the clubhouse. Obviously, the pandemic health issues, have, we have to maintain um, distance. We can't just walk around now in the clubhouse. You can't walk anywhere you want in the stadium. But my, my point is, the point I wrote about in this column is that some at some point, this pandemic is going to end and life will return to normal. Fans will come back to the ballpark. But I don't think the reporters are ever going to go back in the clubhouse. We'll never be allowed back in. We'll probably be allowed back in the press conference room with Boone and speak to him face to face. But the days of, of talking to Aaron Boone, or I'm sorry, Aaron Judge at his locker alone for 15 minutes, the way I used to, the way I used to talk to Daryl Strawberry and Don Mattingly and Keith Hernandez, you know, getting the pulse of the team and speaking to them off the record about what's really going on, that was my job. That was any, any good baseball writer's job was to have those conversations every day before batting practice. And I knew everything about that, those old Met teams, top to bottom, and extended well into you know the 90s and 2000s, but that started to change, and now it's completely gone the other way. And honestly, I don't know if we're ever going to get back in that clubhouse. It's, and it's a shame because it affects the way we write. It, it affects the information that we have to provide for the fans, and I think it makes baseball just slightly less enjoyable 
for people who really love the game and, are, and really want to know what are these players like? What are they saying? How do they really feel? That, that plane of information may be gone forever. That's troubling stuff. But thankfully, we got a guy like Bob Clappish who still finds a way to give us unbelievable insight even when he's not getting in the clubhouse. So, Clapp, hopefully at some point you're back in there, man. Hopefully I see you at the ballpark this year because that means there's at least some sense of normalcy. Stay safe. All the best. Keep up the good work, okay? Well, thank you for having me on. I do appreciate it. That's the great Bob Clappish who tells it like it is. That's really not a good sign and not a good look for Major League Baseball if we're heading in the direction where the reporters are not going to be granted the access to get in the clubhouse, get those off the records, face-to-face, the whole deal. Not a good sign. Not a good look. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.